Hello, and welcome to the She's Friendly podcast. My friend Emmelyn joins me for this episode. We talk about romanticy, what it means to be friendly, the center of kale, the human experience that is sunburns, sweating, and other things from the August 1st newsletter. I hope you enjoy. Emmeline is with us. Would you mind telling everyone who you are? Yes, I'm Emmeline, or Emmy, as most people know me now. I became Emmy after college when I got married. Most people know me as Emmy. You're one of the only people who still calls me Emmeline. Well, so there is an actual reason for that. I did call you Emmy, but I spelled it differently. I spelled it E-M-E. And then Emmy. Emmy. <laughs> and then when you like I went to your wedding and and it was so clearly E M M Y. And I was like, Yeah. All yeah. right. So I'm not gonna use Emmy anymore. I'm gonna use Emmelyn. And that's why that's I call you that. Yeah. So I, I can convert, but it just felt like I was changing from like like my version of you no, to a different one. That's fair. I get that. I still call you Coco Puff Princess. So same, same, but different. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, there's what to tell about me. I work as a program manager for an ed tech company that's based in Austin, Texas. I have two children. I've been married for almost seven years mm-hmm. to my husband. Yes. He's the only one I'm married to, just to be clear about that. Good. Good news. Yeah. Um, I live in California. I really like to be in the kitchen. I love to cook. I like to bake. I'm a terrible baker, but I keep trying because I'm delusional. But I do love to cook and I like to cook for my family and my friends. It's my love language. And I have recently fallen back in love with reading. So Mm. that's nice as well. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like reading is kind of hard to keep up with. Like I fall in love with it. I will read like 10 books and then I will stop and then... I'm not sure I, I've ever read anything. I I do get that. The key for me was two things. One, it was reading romanticy, which I never thought I would like, but I kept hearing about it. No, no. Romantic fantasy. Okay. Romanticy. Right. Yeah. And then I was like, uh, sure, I'll bite. And I did. And I just, a whole new world has opened up for me. Truly. It's been it's been a trip. But then the other thing is that I downloaded the Libby app, which is oh like my the God. library app for your yeah. phone. <laughs> because like if I have to like physically pick up a book or like have a Kindle on my person, like I forget about it. I'm a Libby dude. I also have Libby it. dude. <laughs> <laughs> um the last time I saw you, I was like, I only listen to nonfiction books. Yes, yes. Um yes. and promptly like I'm pretty sure like four days later I was like, I'm going to prove myself wrong. And mm-hmm. I started listening like feverishly to fiction books. And I am just, I've like been back to back. I'm just like listening to books right now. I had to take- Okay. What's the, what's the book on tap? <gasps> I just finished this book called The Hunger. I cannot remember who the- author The Hunger. Is. I think it's- Alma something. And it's oh. like a reimagining of the Donner Party and how that oh, sure. just went sure. to pieces. Literally, human pieces. Literally. 
Yeah, it was very spooky. I would say seven out of the 10 hours of listening (laughs) were great. Kept me on my toes. And then the last two hours, I was like, I feel like she rushed a bit. Oh, sure, 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 sure. But I'm looking for something new. And if you if you want to give me a, a romantic book, I would really like it. So the one I kept seeing was like the Akatar series, mm-hmm. A Court of Thorns and Roses. Delicious. I like kept seeing this, but I was like, that's like young adult. Like that's Twilight. I've never read Twilight, so I can't even hate on it. But then like I like people who I like liked talked about reading it and like really liking it and so I was like fine and it was like I had to wait five weeks in Libby and I like forgot about it and then it was like it's available and I read the like first like I don't know 30 pages and I was kind of like meh but then like 30 minutes later I was like I kind of want to I kind of want to keep reading it (laughs) and so I went back to it and then I couldn't put it down like my kids could have died in, in front of me in the room and I would have just been reading my book. And I like, like the whole world stopped and I finished it. And then I was like, I got to check out the next one. And then I like put them all in my queue. Cause I was like, I've got to do this. And then the third book is like the longest. And I read it. It was like, this book will take you. It was like, I don't know, like 19 something hours to read. And I finished it in like two days. <laughs> I just like didn't sleep, but it was so good. Like there is, it's like, you got to like spicy scenes a little bit okay? because like they have them. I don't like, personally, I'm not sure how I feel about like someone saying that in my ear to me. <laughs> so maybe it's not like the audiobook recommendation you want. But, like reading it, I really, it was a page turner. Mm-hmm. I'll check it out. I, I like steamy scenes. I'm a fan. I was like, I'm not a romanticy person. Like, I really did not think I would like it. Turns out I was wrong. So I really like young adult fiction. I haven't read it since, well, maybe like high school. I, I was still okay. Like, sure, I, sure, sure. So I was still like in it. I was, I was really obsessed with the library. Like, it was where I really hung out. I wasn't like a library, <laughs> <laughs> but um. <laughs> I did. I would check out like 30 books at once. I was like ravenous. I would like walk out with just like my chest stacked with like YA and be like, I'm going to learn who Honestly, I am in these. It's good. People shit on it so hard. And I'm like, it's not that bad. It's not bad. It's like, it's like beach reads. I'm like, I love a beach read. No, I, I don't. I feel like I hate how they're called like guilty pleasure. Guilty, guilty pleasure reads. Yeah. I'm like, no, it's just I get to escape into a little world. Yeah, it feels really good. It feels so good. I love it. I love being swept into a world that like stays yeah. with you after. Especially uh, at that age, I was like, this is really helpful for me because it's completely different representations of like how to communicate with people or how to like mm. love someone or even have sex. Like there were like young adult novels can get kind of toasty and like yeah i don't know it was just very helpful when i was a kid to like learn how to do things that um maybe like i was only seeing through degrassi which is like maybe the worst (laughs) way to do things (laughs) the absolute worst no i like 
I, I totally identify with that of like seeing the lens through just other people's stories. It was always so helpful to me of like helping perspective shifts or just being able to see things in a different light. And like, yeah, just like understanding things that like I hadn't got to in my life yet, but being like, oh, that's how you do it. Mm-hmm. I'm taking notes. Um, I'm going to ask you a few questions about she's friendly. She okay. is friendly. Yes. Okay, Emmeline, are you ready? I'm ready. What does it mean to you to be friendly? This is such a layered question, which I'm sure you thought about on your own. I think for like friendliness to me is like a genuine openness to others, but then also this generous ability to give people chances. And I'm not like, it's not like when I say that, it's not like (laughs) you fucked me over and like, I'm going to like keep being your friend, but it's more like, I think as people, we, we have like very preconceived notions of people sometimes. And like, I am someone who's very quick to judge. People are like, I don't judge people. I'm like, I judge people within seconds of knowing them. And I think that I sometimes can like take a step back from that because like there's also in like friendliness and in meeting people and in maintaining relationships. I feel like so much of it is about what's happening around you. And like, I am very, like if I'm overstimulated or if I've been around people too long, like I am not a nice person to be around. And I have like let relationships falter because like I can't maintain them in that moment. And I feel like it's about having grace for those people of like continuing to give people chances of like reaching back out or like knowing that they might've been having a bad day or they might've been off. I think in our society, we're very quick to write people off and judge people. And that can make it really hard to be friendly. I agree. It sounds like you're talking about it from both sides, like from Mm -hmm. within yourself, but also when interacting with other people, like holding friendliness for yourself and hoping that people hold it for you. Yes. You're already talking about it, but how does it affect your identity? I think as like a self-diagnosed neurodivergent person it's very interesting to think about friendships and like relationships and being friendly because a lot of my personality is like wanting to be very friendly and like putting up that mask of like being genuine and friendly and like wanting to match energy which can be so exhausting (laughs) when you're meeting new people it's really tiring it's just it's really tiring especially when I feel like I have that adrenaline of like, I'm new here or I need to make friends or I'm trying to make a good impression. And what's like worse about it is that sometimes I can tell when I'm like missing the mark or if someone isn't vibing with me and it's like, it almost makes it worse. Like I almost like double down. I know the feeling. So I think being friendly has been something that I've thought a lot about in my life. And it's changed a lot as I've grown up and have learned more about myself, but then also just like how my life situation, life situation, I was going to say situationships, my life relationships (laughs) have changed and where I'm at in my life has changed, you know, like I'm not in a school environment at this point. So I'm not forced to be with people. I work from home. I have kids. 
Yeah. It's very different. Yeah, that's an interesting point because I feel like a lot of the ways that I understood if I was friendly, and I mean, I continue to, um, are from external factors, like people, mm-hmm. like being in mm-hmm. school. That's such a strong setting that shaped it in yeah. the worse and worse or better ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I also mm-hmm. work from home and mm-hmm. I, yeah, I only have to be friendly to me which is probably the hardest one, my yeah. dog, which is probably the easiest one. And then my partner, how which could is you like not medium ground, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then when do you feel the most authentically friendly? It's probably like, honestly, around other neurodivergent people. It's people who like, I feel like there's those people who it like when you're with them, it's exhausting because there's like a performance aspect to it of like, going out for a meal becomes something that is like pleasing to them. Do they like the food? Is the conversation what it should be? Am I wearing something that I think that they'll think is cool or edgy or whatever it is where it feels like a lot of mental energy goes into that. And that is fine. I think that there's like value in those relationships to an extent, but like, I feel like feeling genuinely friendly with someone is someone who like you can sit in a parked car in silence and you're both on your phones and it's comfortable and it's just like about being together and like feeling like there's just like I hate it but it's like you're vibing you know what I mean I do I mean there's a there's a reason we're friends I think a lot of um feeling genuinely or authentically friendly is kind of about unmasking or like the relationships yeah. and friendships you have that are kind of not as um taxing or where like they know where they know those things like where it's like mm-hmm. it's talked mm-hmm. about openly okay can you share a story about when you were recently friendly or unfriendly yeah so it's kind of a story about me but it's oh. also kind of a story about my kid Oh, okay. I was going to be like, well, it should be a story. (laughs) (laughs) It's me via my kid. So something that I wasn't prepared for in motherhood was seeing a kid who is so like me in so many ways and remembering so deeply how isolated I felt as for like a lot of my childhood. Cause I felt like I didn't really know how to make friends. Like I was a very friendly outgoing kid, but it always felt like everyone else was in a group and I was just kind of on the outside of it. And like, I was only let in if I had something to like offer that group, but like I wasn't part of the group mm-hmm. and that followed me through like most of my adult life. But like, I still remember being a kid and like being somewhere and there was like a group of girls and I was like I want to play with them and like kind of being with like I had three heads but like it just being like a very genuine want to be friendly and how that has gone away in adulthood I think because I had gotten such negative like responses to it because like I think you know like people kids can be um it's hard for them when there's something like unknown 
and their inclination can be to push it away or say you're weird or you're different or whatever it is. But I was recently, I took my daughter, she's almost four, to the Children's Museum. And she is like so desperate to make friends. And it's like, I wasn't prepared for how hard it would be to watch her go through what I went through. And I don't have like a tool or something like, I can't fix that as her parent. I'm like, I would bet money that she's probably also neurodivergent. Like she's very much my child. But it was like, honestly, kind of a gut punch, like seeing her try to go up to kids and like, it's such a genuine want to be accepted and play and be friendly. But I think it like, for some reason can just come off with like this other energy and people can feel very turned off by that. And it was just like, it was so hard to see that. Yeah. I mean, I'm just, I'm really picturing your daughter's face. She's like, and she's just, she's so sweet and genuine. Truly, she is. I mean, she obviously has her moments because she's three, but. No, she's earnest. Yes, she's very earnest. That's a good word to describe her. I feel like we're very the same. And I don't know if you had that same experience as a child. I was really shy. Um, Really shy. Interesting. I just got a box out of my family storage unit. And it was filled with a bunch of schoolwork. It was really oddly packed, like third grade (laughs) and like then college and then like seventh grade and not all of it, just like chunks of homework. The stuff from the third grade, I forgot how lonely I was. Yeah. And some of the like report cards, which were different back then, they were more fostering the kid. Um, yeah, I think they, it just reminded me like how lonely I was and how, um, confused I was. I, I get it. I, I, I was very much the same, but I think it was like turned all the way up. Like instead of being shy, it was just kind of like, I'll give it everything I can. I think maybe the reason why that didn't happen for me like that didn't end up how I navigated was only because we like my family moved from the UK to San Diego because of the culture shock I just I just retreated into myself I remember just like sitting so quietly but I know what you're describing and I know the feeling because I know that later when I got more comfortable and I had watched people like how they did it, that um, I turned it, I turned it up. I was, I've been like mulling over this, like seeing her in that situation and then like bringing it back to myself. Cause like mm, your kid making friends as a parent is like also fucking terrifying yeah because then like yeah i have to be friendly to parents and like we might not get along and like i didn't even think about this until i like met a parent and they were like we can have a play date we can come over to your house and i was like i don't please don't 
I don't want you to come over to my house. And I've just like, I've always been that way about my space. Like I, even as a kid, would always rather go over to someone else's house than like have someone like in my space. Same. Which like, I feel like a lot of people, like I didn't know a lot of people like that growing up. They were like, we never play at your house. And I'm like, it's my, like, it's my space. I don't <laughs> want, like, I want to be able to be like, I'm going to go. And then like, it can be done with this. Or like, if you're at my house, like I can't leave. <laughs> I did. I, it took me a really long time actually to let myself do that though. I mean, uh, like a long time. It wasn't until after we graduated from college where I was like, oh, you know what is a really good strength that will make me feel very safe if I only go to people's houses and they don't come over? Yeah. Unless like, I mean, it's you and I and we're just like watching Top Chef in bed. That's fine. <sighs> Those were the glory days. Um, but yeah, I I don't envy you trying to hang out. And it's like, it's parents. so, it's like so awkward because it's like, you don't know when to ask for someone's number because you're like, our kids are vibing. Like, do you want to exchange numbers? And then like, I guess like the worst they can say is no. But then also you're like, if I ask for your number, then like, do I have to text you first? Which is like very strange. I like had this, I had this very strange interaction. I was on a walk with my kids and this woman was walking with her dog she's about my age she's walking with her dog and she was like oh the dog's really friendly like can your kids like do your kids want to pet him it was like yeah that'd be great we end up like in this conversation we're totally vibing it was like 20 minutes she was so great like she has kids but they're older she was like but they love playing with kids like you guys should come hang out with us we ride bikes in the front yard all this stuff we live across from the park we were like kind of neighbors and i was like that sounds great. She was like, well, let me get your number. Cause I was like, I don't really have a lot of mom friends. Like I became a mom and then the pandemic happened. So like, mm -hmm. I haven't met a lot of people. And then I moved to a new city. So I was like, I haven't met a lot of people. I homeschool my kid. I work from home <laughs> kind of home bodies. And so exchange numbers. And she like texted me. She was like, it's so great to meet you. And I was like, this is so nice. Like someone I really vibe with. She invited us over the next day. We like went over. Her kids were really nice. I met her husband again. Like the vibes were all pointing towards go. And then like two days later, I texted her and I was like, Hey, like we're going to the park. If you guys want to like come hang out. I didn't hear from her. She was like, Oh, sorry. Like we were out running errands. I'm like, no worries. Like we'll catch you next time. Like no big deal. And then I like never heard from her again. <laughs> and I'm like, was that like, did I, did you, did I, did you, did I, I don't know. And then like, I ran into her again on a walk and it was just like, Hey, and then she like kept walking and I was like, okay. <laughs> oh, oh, I know. I, I, I know, I know what you mean though. <laughs> it was just so, it was so odd. And that's like one of those things where I'm like, I'm, I'm, I don't need to try anymore. <laughs> yeah 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 i it's not like comparable but like when we moved to los angeles i tried to make friends and then i, was I like, love that for you and it was really difficult it's and so hard i went on these like little like dates right like i was like hello potential friend I yeah I, I signed up for bumble the bumble friend, friend. yeah yeah 
which I've I haven't heard good things about. And I but I was like, it'll be different for me. It wasn't. It's not great. It's not it's it's hard to make friends. Yeah, one one time one time I went to a Halloween party. Already um, bad vibes. <laughs> yeah, I um oh I went as a ghost. I made I made my hair into two little buns and then I put oh. tissues over the top of them and I drew like ghost faces. Little ghosts. And I was like, easy peasy, buddy. Buddy. <laughs> Um, I went to her party, this stranger who was um, assigned to be my new friend. And um, we had like it in the cards. Like I walked into her house. I met her partner. Her partner was like, I was like, he seems very cool. Um, I met her friends, but she like didn't really talk with me the whole night. (laughs) (laughs) I, I at one point I was like, oh, like, are you reading that book? Because I was reading the book that was on her coffee table. And she was no. like, no, I'm not. <laughs> and I was like, I'm reading it for a book club. And she's like, oh, I, I am too. And I'm like, it's the same book club. We're both in the same book club. I've never seen you there. And then she was like, yeah, I haven't gone. Okay. And then that was like really the end. Like we just like didn't. We've, we haven't no talked to each other since. No further questions. Yeah. And I was like, okay. Um, well, okay. I, okay, bye. <laughs> I, I will, I do, it was, <laughs> I, the, my one like piercing memory from that Halloween party was that I made a dad joke. Not only was it a dad joke, but it was also about dads. Sure. And, <laughs> Then someone in the crowd heard my joke and then they said it out loud <sighs> and everyone else laughed at it. Is it a man? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did mm-hmm. I even need to ask? <laughs> you bet. Um, you yeah, bet. it was devastating and I scowled for about mm, five minutes. See, I would have gone home at that point. I would have been like packing up, party's yeah. over. I was really performing friendliness at that one, though. I was like, look at me. I'm easy. I can stand. I can come to parties and not know anyone. That's cool. Truly, I can't do that. I can't even go to parties where I do know people. Ugh, just put me on the couch. Yeah. Good, good. Okay. I'm going to skip talking about the intro of the newsletter. Is that okay with you? Um, yeah, Unless you have thoughts about it that you wanted to talk about. I don't know. I was just going to talk about Kale. Yeah, Zach read that, and he was like, "Is that why?" Because like it bothers him. I didn't know that. I just like okay. I truly can't understand though, like why people eat the center of kale because it's like it's such a terrible texture. It's like woody and reedy, and it just like it's so fibrous. Why would you eat that? And it makes me livid. That Trader Joe's doesn't have kale. They only have the fucking bag of kale. And, and they don't the cut ribs the middle them. out. And like that sometimes you just get pieces that's just middle. And I'm I like, know. I don't want this. And so I either have to like go to a different store and buy kale that I have to de-stem myself, which like then you get kale pieces all over your counter, which just, <clears throat> or you get the bag and then you have to like sift through it. And so honestly, I just don't really eat kale very often. 
I had the same thought. I complained about the same thing. We had gotten a bag of kale and I was like, why the fuck do they include the middle in Why? Emmeline told me not to do this. <laughs> it's the worst. It's the worst part. Why would you eat it? I just, I don't know. I, yeah. Between, yeah, you saying that and then it really cementing in my brain. I was like, I really like that she knows what she likes. I really like <laughs> that she decided that and then she just does it. And then I was like, do I like it? No, I'm not going to eat it either. I have like, this very distinct memory. <laughs> this is so funny. I don't know why. I think about this like once a week in no context other than you being like, I had a bowl of broccoli for dinner. And I like, that is the only context my brain has of like, eating a bowl of broccoli and like it sounds so good to me because I love broccoli and I like will think about that and then I'm like I'm gonna go have a bowl of broccoli for dinner yeah I, I can imagine I like I can imagine myself cutting it up I I really have a specific way of cutting broccoli um, oh I don't like when the stems are too long when the whole thing yeah. is too big and I also yeah. prefer to cut them down whatever is considered their middle so that like the inside whittle them a little mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but then i don't like them it's so easy to overcook broccoli yeah like it's terribly easy and so like i can just imagine myself i probably put butter on it yeah i think you did because you were telling a story about one of your horrible roommates oh. that's true i do have context and you were like i went to the kitchen and i chopped up my broccoli that was my dinner and i had my little bowl with butter and then i shuffled back to my room and I was like, I don't like nothing else about the story stuff besides the bowl of broccoli, because like my brain is so focused on food. And I was like, that sounds so good. I really want it now. Like I, I am a bowl of butterly, buttery broccoli. I'm like, is, was that a depression healthy meal or was that just like actually what I was eating at the time? Because I like there there were things yeah. where I would just like eat the same thing every day and like. I can imagine myself just eating like a fuck ton of broccoli. Like, I think it was one of those. Cause mm -hmm. like, I, I believe it came up more than once. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I loved it. I loved it. I still eat broccoli many times a week. So someone's got to do it. Someone's got to do it. Put in the work. What did you want to talk about in the newsletter? I, so I didn't tell you this. Okay. <laughs> it's like it's like so embarrassing like why is this part of the human experience so embarrassing so you have a hot that's reapplying sunscreen uh -huh. and i agree that it's a hot when i tell you mm -hmm. that i was burnt to a crisp oh. after seeing you at the river oh it was like top three sunburns of my life <laughs> it was like nate my husband spent hours peeling me for the rest of the week <laughs> <laughs> and like what's even worse is somehow between the way i was sitting and me putting my cover up on <laughs> i'm just thinking about it, it was so bad it was like <laughs> it was like the the inner like arc of my legs got sunburned but the thing else did 
on my legs specifically so it was just like it was like a mini sunburned leg imprint like within my leg mm-hmm. it was really rough and also my scalp I like have never oh, experienced no. a sun oh. a scalp burn oh it's absolutely disgusting it was it's really rough and it's like still tender in the back where it got really burnt <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were wearing a hat no, I no, no, I no. forgot my hat and then but I was like I don't really burn and Longo. and I had you gave me sunscreen because I forgot ours in the car mm-hmm. and you sunscreened me and it wasn't it didn't it wasn't enough. Um, so reapply your sunscreen is the moral of the story. Yeah, um, we should we should record this, which we are doing, and then publish it publicly which we are also doing but do it in a different way so that people really learn their lesson about sunscreen learn your and that's why you always wear sunscreen (laughs) (laughs) i um yeah so i i tan really easily by the way hello and hello um, and (laughs) and um therefore really apply sunscreen like i i i commit to the bit um the bit being sunscreen application smart but sometimes i like fool myself into thinking i'll be fine and most of the time it's in those kind of circumstances where i'm sitting in a position where like the the the, the burn is going to be like absolutely nuts like yeah yeah it gets you it gets you but i do think that the scalp sunburn is the scariest it feels like your head is falling It's, it's like decaying when I went to wash my hair, it was like the pressure of the water hitting my scalp yes. was a truly torture. Yeah. And then it looked like I had really bad dandruff for like a week because all of my scalp was peeling away. Yeah. I, I, you, you have to like comb it out. It's pretty gross. Yeah. I'm healed now. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It was, it was humbling. It was very humbling and embarrassing. Yeah. I guess the other reason I like, really slather it on is because i sweat and i'm very hot at night like i mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i'm a very hot boy in bed <laughs> baby boy i am too so, so i like if if i have a sunburn and i just like zach zach is he's gotten used to my sweat i'll give him his As credit loved ones do but like combine it with a sunburn I'm like literally a flaming sun. I am something that is like hot to touch. Like don't want to go there at night. You're just like, I wish we were in different beds. I wish you were an icicle. I don't understand what's going on. So don't I understand. Tr- I'm saving everyone. I, so that was also my experience. I was very hot. And then it was unfortunately the week before my period. Ooh. And I get just like the night sweats are unparalleled truly i wake up wet like like wet to the point where i could wring out what i am wearing i take i switch clothes i switch clothes but then like the worst worst part of that is you like wake up and you're like and then you like have to switch clothes in the dark and then you get back in bed and it's fucking wet and you're like this is worse because now I'm dry on wet and it's cold wet. It's damp. It's damp. And so now I like in those moments, I like have a little <laughs> and I'm like going to smooth this out over the wet. And then I'll just get back in the dry. 
that reminds me of peeing the bed. That sounds fun. I'll, yeah. I'll try yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like a less terrible experience. No, it's it like sucks. still awful, but yeah, that was my, that was my hot, hot take. Well, I, I guess I will say something like, thank you. Thank you for being here today. <laughs> thank you for being here today i know i can't say that without thinking that but actually emily thank you thank you um i know you don't want to but do you want to surprise me and let everyone know where they can find you if you want to find me on the internet i am pretty much always under at emmy underscore miss but i also have a budding business with a friend um, it's kind of on pause right now because she's going to have a baby any minute, but it's called Good Soup. And we are hoping to build a community through all that is soup, warm, cozy, friendly. She lives in North Carolina. So a lot of in-person events are going to happen there. So if you listen and you're from North Carolina, keep your eyes peeled for events. But we both just really love soup and sharing soup and food and good all things good with people. I believe it's at yeah. it's good soup. Mm, okay. Thank you. If you want soup content, slip and slide into the DMs because mm. I've got soup content for you. Mm. Do you have any Maybe. cold soup? I'm not a cold soup girl. Yeah. Maybe when I was like a preteen, I, I had like cold cucumber soup once. Mm -hmm. I was like, this is friggin' good. Like, I really liked it. Haven't yeah. had it since. The thing about cold soup, my mom made a really good gazpacho once when I was an adolescent. And it was incredible. It was so good. But, like, the thought of eating cold soup is so disgusting to me that it's one of those things that someone else would have to prepare it and, like, put the spoon to my lips for me to taste it. And then I'd be like, oh, this is fire. And then would eat it. But it's never something I would set out to do on my own. Appreciate that. Thank you. It's like you're making a smoothie. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. It definitely yeah. is like that. <laughs> <laughs> Especially because I actually prefer to, to like spoon eat smoothies, smoothies. instead of drinking it's, them. It's very satisfying to spoon eat a smoothie. Oh, it's very great. satisfying. I love yeah, it. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> you're eating smoothie soup. Cold soup. Cold soup. Um, thank you for having me on. This was mm -hmm. lovely. I love chatting with you. I love being friendly with you. Thank you. I feel the thank same. You. This has been an episode of the She's Friendly podcast, and I'm Courtney King. You can subscribe to the newsletter at she'sfriendly.substack.com and find me on Instagram at Courtney FJ King. Thank you for reading. And thank you for listening.